to the second episode of the Brew, Brew Crew Podcast. Uh, me and Chev, back at it again. Uh, it's your boys. And we're excited, because there's a lot of things happening. Uh, last week was a big week. We are very excited. And this week is uh, shaping up to be nearly as big. So, Chev, why don't you tell them what we got going on today, and then we'll get right into it. Well, you know, we were thinking about, we'll talk about this, uh, the first introduction of spoilers we've had from um, Core 21. Uh, we'll probably be doing spoilers next week, too, with uh, the second half of Core 21, and then also Jumpstart is coming out, too. It's a ridiculous time to be alive. Um, and we'll we'll go a little bit into probably the standard metagame post-companions, what that's looked like, whether or not we were right, uh, and if our listeners last week could tune in um, and then capitalize on that information, which told that we were the only ones who called. So I feel like we're definitely owed for this current standard environment. But yeah, I think it's a relatively light week. It should be a short cast. Sounds good. Sounds good, Chev. Well, you said you've been playing a bit of standard. So why don't you tell us what you're seeing since uh, the companion the companion blanket has been lifted off the uh, <laughs> off of our format? Well, yeah, I mean, like, I won't, I definitely won't lie. It's It's been a much more unique um, experience out there. Now, I've, I neglected standard probably this last uh, reset, or I don't know, what do, you, what do you call the thing when you go down to bronze from silver or, or from gold to silver, whatever that period is. Right, I, the, I end of each, uh, the end of each season. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've been sleeping on standard the last couple, so that's put me back at bronze three, which is a wild place to be, especially when um, you start running a, a tiered deck and you're just wiping the floor with whatever you find. And, you know, recently I've seen a lot of uh, red aggro builds, like we talked about last week. Um, they're definitely coming in because they're easy, they're low to the ground. Uh, you've got all your Tin Street Dodgers, all of your Ember Cleaves, everything that, you know, you would expect from a, a quick red aggro deck. Uh, but I also saw I saw this really weird um, Abzan deck, and I unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, beat it before it could get to where it was going. But I had no idea. It was dropping triomes and uh, setting up an eerie ultimatum, and I, I don't know if it was just a bronze thing or what was coming to that, but it, it didn't last long. Um, yeah, bronze yeah, so is a. Oh, sorry, guys. It's, it's a wild land. Br- bronze it's is a beautiful, yeah. beautiful, silly place. I like what they're doing down in bronze. I wish they had a little bit more of that up in a. Uh you know, gold and so where you what I'm usually hanging out. I would agree though that I've seen a lot of mono red. I think we were spot on last week when we mm-hmm. called that aggro is going to be the name of the game for oh, these for next sure. couple weeks. Um, yeah. I, I've seen a bunch of mono red. I've seen uh, Boros. I've seen mm-hmm. um, mono white. There's actually a pretty nasty mono white list that's like Healer's Hawk. Uh, all that glitters, uh, ginger brute. I, I will be ready when healer sock rotates. I've had enough of that one, one. Yeah. <laughs> and that deck, that deck still plays Luris too. Cause like they just are playing a bunch of, you know, one mana cost things. So if they need to, they can just play yeah, Luris yeah, real easy no, and then course. grab stuff back. So yeah, but I've seen a lot of that. Um, and I've seen, uh, some teamer reclamation coming back, which uh, I think we predicted mm-hmm. as well. That was kind of really the only tier one deck that didn't adopt a companion, um, yeah, regularly. So that's coming back, um, and that is still a powerful deck. And I've I've personally been playing that cycling deck that I love to hate on so mm-hmm. much, but it's just so much fun to play. <laughs> and I have seen I have played a lot of mirrors. There are a lot of people coming uh, with the cycling deck, at least where I've been on the ladder. So really, yeah, wow. it's been yeah, a I, lot of I, uh, bronze land. It's empty. They must have all ascended. You figured that they would. Uh, 
that bronze would love it though because it's just a bunch of uncommons so uh yeah i don't know i don't know what's going on in bronze land um i so i jumped back into where i was pre-companion which mm-hmm. was uh racto sacrifice and i it's i don't think it has any cards from Ikoria in there and it is just as powerful as it was i mean we're talking four um witches cauldrons four cauldron familiars the mayhem devils the mm-hmm. uh the midnight reapers or whatever that card is <laughs> just all of those same sacrifice triggers and it is cleaning house yeah i've I, seen i think a couple people have been running it um in competitions and stuff but you know it's it's great when i'd love to try new things but when i've got one uh wild card for mythic and one wild card for rare i'm gonna go back to my old favorites and that's gonna be racto sacrifice every day of the week yeah i've seen a bit of that deck it's not as prominent as it used to be but it's still very powerful i've also mm-hmm. uh one one uh last thing is I've seen Jun Food making a comeback, which is cool because I really like Jun <laughs> you just Food. Just wanted to make a comeback. I don't I don't know if you saw it or someone no, played I've, it. And I've played against it. To... <laughs> I've played against it probably four or five different times, so it's it's not super prominent, but I've seen it enough. But the thing is that people are not playing Corvald anymore, which I think is a sin because I love Corvald. That guy's my jam. But people are just playing instead of that. They're just playing a lower game and they're playing Bolus's Citadel and then just like tearing through their deck. So I've probably lost to it. I've probably lost to it four of the five times I've played it just because they get a bowl of Citadel down and then that's it. Yeah. I don't get another turn. But anyway. <laughs> you uh, you thinking you'll show them what's up with uh, Corvold? Give Corvold the send-off it deserves? Well, I, I mean, Corvold's not rotating, but part of the deck is. Yeah, yeah. That I don't I don't know if that deck is going to maintain after rotation because it loses a uh, Mayhem Devil and also... Priests of the Forgotten Gods, which are both uh, yeah, yeah. pretty important. Same same with Racto Sacrifice. Two of the biggest things that you can do to basically put the hurt on the opponent and you're losing them both. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I might have to bring Jun Food out uh, just a little bit longer. Um, make sure it gets its last uh, time in the sun. I wonder if it'll switch to, um, or, or we'll see that Sacrifice strategy more in black-white with, oh no, Cruel Celebrant rotates too. Yeah, I, it's got to be red-black because mm-hmm. there was so much sacrifice energy in Theros. And I think we're seeing some more in Core 21. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really looked at the archetypes for Core 21 yet. But I feel like we're seeing some more of that sacrifice in red there. So it'll be interesting to see if it's still competitive enough or it, it loses out on the the cards that, is, that are leaving. Yeah, I, I think there will still be uh, the tools to make a deck. Will it be tiered? I don't know. Will we... Will one of us eventually try it? Yes, but oh, for uh, sure. but yeah, I uh, I think there will. Wizards has usually printed enough consistent support that there can usually be some sort of sacrificey slash recur recursion deck in the format. Yeah. U- usually in those Mardu colors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's what standards looking like. We uh we called our shots pretty hard, and I think we uh we got there on the most part, but. Now, Wizards is dumping a bunch of new cards on us that are going to shake up the format even more. So, Chev, why don't we talk about these cards? And I don't know if you have anything that you've got your uh, your eye on that you want to talk about first, but I, I got some things I know I want to talk about. No, j- j- jump in. So the first thing I'm seeing is just today we got a reprint of all the enemy-colored temples. So mm-hmm. they were printed originally last corset, M20, um, and they're just running it back again. Same art and everything. Um, just because M20 is going to rotate. So now, when that rotates, uh, the only set of dual lands that we'll have that's full is these temples, because we've got Theros Beyond Death temples, which is the allied colors. Mm-hmm. 
plus these now. So we'll have a full set of temples. So between that and all of the triomes, uh, I think we're going to start to slow down in standard. I think there's, it's going to be a lot slower standard just because you're not getting those... Uh, you can't shock anything in and have it untapped, you know what I mean? Unless people yeah. want to start playing basics. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so, but I, I wouldn't be too sure because, you know, when rotation comes, we've got Zendikar coming, and they're not going to have a, a main set without a solid land cycle. And if all the temples have been redone in these last two, it's going to be something that comes in untapped with some condition. And, you know, maybe we won't have the same consistency as the shocks. Hopefully not. But I, I think this is more of a... Um, a not not really much to to ah, i can't think of the words uh it, it's not something i would count on that that standard's getting much slower i think it's too too um hopeful fair in enough a sense that we think we're slowing down yet i, I will wouldn't... say though i'm a little bit i'm a little bit interested and kind of upset with the way that they've done these temples and if anyone has uh noticed fabled passage is also getting reprinted which not is the, interesting because fabled passage getting reprinted in core 21 means it'll rotate as the same time as Eldorain. So the card isn't lasting longer in the format. It's just getting reprinted again for availability, which is good for paper magic. Like this is fantastic for anyone who wants to pick up a copy for commander or uh, going down to their local game store. But as we know, due to COVID and other things like those aren't as common right now. So mm. really we're looking at these coming out for arena and, you know, I'm, I'm very glad these temples are coming back. I'm very glad that Fabled Passage is coming out. But what I'm also seeing is I'm seeing six rares that I could pull in a pack that have no use to me because I already have four of all the temples and the Fabled Passage with the same exact art. And these won't cover get covered by duplicate protection because they are from a new set. So we're going to be stuck with a chance of opening these, these lands that are, are useless to anyone who's currently playing since you can continue to use the M20 lands if the, the land itself is still legal in the format. So while I'm very happy that they're getting reprinted for paper, I think it's interesting what's gonna see what we're gonna see in arena because this looks like six dud drops to me. Well, I have a couple a couple thoughts. Um mm -hmm. one, I don't think the temples are dud drops because the M twenty well, I guess technically you can use the old versions in Arena, so it doesn't matter. Right. But anyway, um, you have to remember all these things are being reprinted on Arena, so that means that people who are entering the game fresh or who haven't don't have mm -hmm. four of these now have now have more chances to open these because like Throne and Core Twenty uh, packs are you know hard to come by nowadays unless you're right. Yeah, they're a little rarer. Cranking up the Mastery Pass. Um, also, I think. Yes, one Fable Passage is good because that card was actually kind of getting expensive in paper. I think it was, I think it was nine or ten bucks. Um, yeah, so it's, this it's is getting up there. But I think that this is nice because it almost sets a precedent. I'm wondering if Fable Passage is going to be one of those things where kind of like how Evolving Wilds gets printed every other set. I'm wondering mm -hmm. if Fable Passage maybe is just going to be a thing that they just always print in the core sets, yeah. which would be nice to set as a precedent, just because it, it's such a it's such a good card, but it's not. It's not like a fetch land like you'd get out of Zendikar yeah. or Cons of Tarkir that's super powerful that needs to maintain that that uh that price point. Mm -hmm. So that that's my thought. Yeah, I mean generally like I'm I'm not too upset when I pull another uncommon and I already have four from a previous set and now I just have five. But when it's a rare, it just hurts a little more. Like I when I open one, it'll be like, oh cool, that's a card. But now I'll have five of it. 
And so while I do understand the point that it's good for people that are joining, and obviously I'm glad that they have a temple cycle and another card that's useful for these kind of things, um, I feel like there's there's a chance that, I don't know, I people could be disappointed when they open these sort of things and only get, you know, one-tenth of a, a rare as kind of compensation. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough, but... Anyway, I, I, I like that Wizards is reprinting it. Um, I mean, obviously, the world is not always going to be uh, Corona Land, so mm -hmm. going forward, I think this is right. Yeah, positive steps. But anyway, I'm very, there's... I'm very happy to be able to pick up these temples for like a dollar each for any oh. any of my decks that currently don't have one. And Fabled Passage, if we can get that down to like two or three dollars, that's going in every single commander deck I have. Oh yeah, I'll I'll snap up like four or five of them easy if it, if it drops down that. Perfect low. for casual Magic. I'm I'm very excited to see all these lands getting reprinted for that kind of thing because you know like what what a lot of budget decks too have struggled with is you know dual land access. And yeah, you know, if you're running a $25 commander deck, you're going to suck it up with Blossoming Sands or Bloodfell Caves, but having access to slightly more powerful things that are actually interesting to play and, you know, push the game forward a little bit, I think is a, a, a tremendous boon to those kind of people that are playing at a more um, price-focused sort of meta. Definitely. There's actually, Wizards has been really good with the reprints this set. I just want to throw a couple couple cards at you right now that are mm. have are big ticket items especially especially in commander uh which we'll discuss um that they've reprinted so heroic intervention super powerful yep. card was originally printed in kaladesh block i forget which one um but like ether revolt but yeah that was a very expensive card i want to say it was going on twenty dollars <laughs> um i know i only have one I mean, copy it's, it's a unique effect to green right because green is tertiary in um indestructible and then i think they're they're secondary and hexproof i forget how that whole thing works but like it's just not something that you think a, a green deck is going to have access to yeah it's um, just such a powerful card is going to do in standard <laughs> i wasn't yeah. playing standard when um this first came out but i'm definitely like with where green is now if i can't even destroy those giant creatures that are coming it's going to be it's going to be weird yeah it did not really see play in the first standard it, it came out i mean it was originally just like a two or three dollar rare and then commanders you yeah. know, came and got it and so i i don't know i it could be interesting i'm wondering if it's any better than just playing counter spells like the blue green x decks do anyway yeah. you know what i mean and there's plenty of counter right, spells that you can get for two or even one man generally simic so yeah that makes sense yeah so it'll be interesting but uh, i'm sure i'm gonna get blown out by a ton and i'm gonna be pissed off every time <laughs> um another couple big reprints massacre worm uh, which I think this is only the second time it's been reprinted. I, th I think it's only yeah, I think had it's second. two or three printings. Um, the new art sucks. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah, no, this is actually just the, the first print reprinting. It was admired and besieged, and then this is the first time it's being printed outside of that. Dang. Yeah, so... But, but don't forget that the, the regular art for the card is the traditional art from mirrored in besiege it's oh. only this full art showcase treatment that has the new one okay all right well if you if you want to bling it out i, I would not recommend it the the showcase <laughs> art i think i think is not good i think the old art's great um yeah. this has traditionally been a very powerful card once again this is a big commander card so that's nice because i don't know the price point for massacre worm but i know it was a lot um you know it's a, it's a mythic 16 currently and it's probably come down a little bit so let's say it was a 20 ish oh, dollar sure. card um yeah so this this is nice and it'll only drop further uh will it see play in 
standard? I don't know. I don't, know. I, I don't tough call. think so. No. It's the thing is, it's really good against a lot of those aggro decks we've been seeing. But I think by the time you have to get to six mana, especially three black, there are not a lot of decks that want to go no. long that are black base. So I, I just don't know if you're yeah, going to be able to get to this. We haven't seen much that's going to kind of revitalize a kind of big mana black mentality, and I, I would be surprised if Wizards goes back in that direction because a lot of those cards are ancient at this point. Yeah, so I don't know, but I do like to see that it's reprinted. Um, I know mm -hmm. if I open any, I will be trying them out. Uh, right next to Massacre Worm on the spoilers, Solemn Simulacrum, the sad robot. Uh, always good to see him. This guy... Oh, for sure. The showcase art is sweet. It's excellent. Mm -hmm. He's got like this kind of like a... He looks almost like a lava lamp, honestly. I was thinking Terminator. He does kind of look like the Terminator, yeah. Um, like like the second Terminator where he can turn like all liquid yeah, metal and stuff. Yeah, the liquid metal guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that you're right, that's that's exactly what it looks like. And then the the regular art is the art from, uh, I believe the it was set. the new Commander set, which was this either yep. this year or last year, um, which is cool. So, Solemn, he is a staple uh, in Commander. Um, he's just always been like, between five and ten dollars so this is just nice it will yeah, and bring especially him back getting down. reprinted in a set like a core set this is gonna do wonders because every time we see it it's just coming out in the commander set and so like you know the the availability is only equal to the number of people that buy the commander sets and then sell the solemn which is generally not happening and to get access to it in a core set like that's fantastic they really and some of these cards are definitely it's fantastic they're getting reprinted in this way and not a supplemental set yeah, definitely. Um, in standard, I honestly think that this guy is not going to see any play. <laughs> he is a four yeah, mana. It's, it's a rough point to be like for four mana to get a, a basic land like, and then drawing cards is not something really that I think people are going to care about. But with the with the access that Simic has, and they're generally the ones looking for lands with Uro and uh, Utopia. What's what's the Utopia one? Uh, I think you're thinking Growth Spiral? Yeah, Growth Spiral. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, and all those things, like, four mana is just a little bit too high on the curve. Yeah, I mean, by the time I am would want to cast this, I already can cast a Nissa or a Cavalier or, you know, mm -hmm. something plus Counterspell Backup. So I, I think so I think Solemn will have a role to play once rotation because at rotation you're losing Nissa, you're losing Growth Spiral, you're losing... Yeah. Um, a lot of the mana dorks like Paradise Druid and Leaf Kid Druid. Mm -hmm. So w if we once see we get the there, slower standard that you were talking about, I definitely think Solemn will see some play. Yeah, I think Solemn could be really good in in control decks, um, like a, a blue white X sort of deck, um, mm -hmm. but not not until the fall. Yeah. All right. Two more two more reprints I want to talk about, and then Chev, I'll let you uh, take the rain. Um, one real quick rewind. I love Rewind. I think it's a great card. Four mana, counter target spell, untap up to four lands. But in a in a uh, in a standard where we have you know blue green X ramp decks that are playing enough counter spells, uh, things that also are playing Teferi, um, mm -hmm. three mana Teferi. But we'll talk about new Teferi later. And then also where uh, blue green Flash is a very powerful deck. This card is going to be so freaking annoying and i'm gonna rage quit every time someone plays it against me i can guarantee i i don't know i i think that this could be very powerful and granted um 
it was in Dominaria Unwind, right? That was the three mana untap three lands counter target non creature spell. Um, something something along that. something along those lines, yeah. But I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, counter target non creature spell up untap up to three lands. I I didn't see much of that at all, and you know maybe that's because this is more open um, and that it can counter any spell. But I I'm not sure that this is going to get the play that we think. I don't know. It, it remains to be seen, but I, I just uh, I sensed I sensed my salt coming in when uh, <laughs> when this happens. So we'll see. And then last, actually, what am I saying? I'm I'm scrolling down to the the card I, I wanted to see. I'm just gonna throw out a couple names because these are all just like cards that were between ten and a lot of dollars. Ruined Halo, seeing a print. Only time it's been reprinted since I think shadowmore when it originally was i don't yeah, know how effective it's i don't know how effective it's going to be but it was expensive so it's nice to see it reprinted azusa lost but seeking has been reprinted i think a couple times now but still an expensive card super powerful card mm -hmm. don't know how i feel about ramp having access to that but i also don't know if a fragile three mana creature that lets you ramp like that is actually going to be effective when yeah, because we we're like not seeing much play from that um, Uro and stuff. Uh, that Dryad from Theros, and that that Dryad does the same thing, right? It allows you to play an additional land each turn. Yeah, I mean Azusa lets you play two more, but that Dryad right. also has the thing of making all your lands, um, all do all type anything. all types. Yeah, so yep. I think I'm the only person who was playing that Dryad actually. <laughs> I used to play. I <laughs> I think I I played it back in I played it in Jun Food for a little bit. Yeah, so Azusa, mm -hmm. I think, is going to have to wait until rotation. Then I think she's going to be super powerful and probably annoying. And then what you're going to do after you've played Azusa and you've played all those extra lands is you're going to play Ugin the Spirit Dragon. This is huge because that card was like, I think, $70 or something ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's how high it got up. Yeah, I have it's a personal... It's back oh. down to 40 because of this. Yeah, so, and hopefully it'll drop a little sense. bit lower, but that's a... That's a card that's seen play in like it sees play in like modern and Tron, um, but also a huge commander card. Um, I have nostalgia just because we started playing right when that, uh, or right after yeah. I think it was Fate Reforged came out. We started playing right in Dragons, and I actually was yep. yeah. That's one of the first Mythics I opened. Yeah, exactly. I think I uh, I opened one too a little bit after you did. So it's a uh, cool to see him come back. It's and, lived um, in my Kozilek deck ever since. Might have to uh, if I if I open the new showcase art though I might have to keep it. Oh yeah, but, uh, the, other yeah. than that, certainly not something I'm gunning for. The showcase art is sweet, and then also like the just the full full art of the normal um, mm -hmm. art is also really cool. So if I if I manage to procure either of those, I'm gonna swap mine out because my my copy is actually pretty beaten up. <laughs> um, and then back when we didn't know how to take care of cards. Exactly, back when we were playing without sleeves and all that stuff. I can't believe it. Um, uh, and then last. Last crazy reprint is Grim Tutor, which is mm. notorious because it was like two hundred fifty dollars and was only printed. Yeah, in... it was only printed in Starter nineteen ninety nine. Which, I mean, the name gives it away. It's been a while since those cards were printed. Yeah, yeah, and that also also was like you know a starter product. It wasn't like an actual set or anything like that. And print runs back then were ridiculously low anyway. So, um. It's cool that it is uh, seeing print. I'm probably going to pick up a copy because it's another good commander card. It's probably going to go right into my Esper Control deck. I don't think it's going to see yep. any play in Standard, though, because just... Yeah, it's three mana tutor, and I don't know what decks benefit from it. 
Yeah, nothing. And, like, I, I really think the only thing that would want to play this even is, like, a combo deck. But we don't really have that many combo decks. And it's just it's just so slow. Standard is just so powerful. I don't even know if this is going to do it. Honestly, I Wait, don't even know. until turn three to get your piece, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how good something like Demonic Tutor would be in this standard. Because people just go through their deck so fast anyway. You don't really even need the tutor. All your cards are heaters. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. I hope it doesn't get printed, because I'm sure someone would find a degenerate thing to do with it, but uh, it is something to think about. Yeah. Alright, so anyway, I've I've uh, I've gone through, I think, pretty much all the notable reprints. Chev, is there any uh, anything you want to talk about? Especially any new cards that have caught your eye. New cards. Well, so, so one interesting thing to note, and I find slightly humorous, is just because of the way that the set has been kind of printed. Um, so Cultivate is another one of the reprints. And for, you know, those of you who don't know, that's the search your library for up to two basic lands, uh, one in the battlefield, one into the hand. And that's like a classic commander card, um, bread and butter of green. And it's mm -hmm. getting a showcase printing um, because I think they're trying to do that for a lot of the uh, classic cards. And it, so it's getting a full art showcase treatment. But on that card, the, the set symbol shows it as a rare. And this is done because all showcase cards are rare. So this is an intentional thing. But if you remember, Julian, there was that whole issue with the starter decks around 2018 where the cards had collector's numbers that were higher than the actual set. And it said something like, you know, 292 out of 272 sort of thing. And people thought yeah. that that meant they were like misprints, misprints or whatever. And they, they bought crazy amounts of those Lanawar elves that I think that particular printing of the Lanawar Elf is still like 3 or $4 when you can get any other copy for $0.50. Cents. So huh. I, I think this is a unique thing that's kind of cool for especially this kind of showcase treatment cultivate, but I bet there's going to be a few people that make the mistake thinking that this is a like printing error and go ahead and buy a ton of these because it's a, it's a weird concept to put into your head that you know the showcase version of it is going to be a rare. Does that mean that the showcase will show up in the rare slot in your pack or could you randomly open one of these in the uncommon slot like that's it's something that's popped into my mind i'm sure someone has commented on it somewhere but uh I, i've definitely been thinking about that set simple shenanigan nonsense yeah that was um, not something that i even noticed until you brought it up but that is interesting and i, I there are gonna there's gonna be a lot of confusion some people are gonna spec <laughs> and they're gonna they're going to uh have a bad day I do, I do want to yeah. say, though, the showcase art is sweet. Oh, it's it's really cool. Especially Just that like having in someone a foil in a field, is going like, be... calling up those flowers. It's like a reimagining of the initial art that I don't think has changed in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. So I, I definitely want to try and pick up one of those, uh, preferably in, in foil. Yeah. So so one of the things that I think um, I'm, I'm not excited to see on the other side of the board Um the Elder Gargaroth. It's a 5-mana 6-6, six, six, uh, two, 2 green and 3, and it has Vigilance, Reach, and Trample. Mm -hmm. And whenever it attacks or blocks, choose to create a 3-3 three, three beast, gain 3 life, or draw a card. Which, like, I, I, I know green has been doing a lot with drawing cards recently, you know, based on creature toughness, based on creature power, based on number of creatures. But generally, there is some tie to creatures. And here we just have a creature that whenever it attacks, draw a card. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that feels blocks. really blue. Or blocks, like, Jeff. Or blocks, yeah. It sounds like a curiosity sort of going on, but even more powerful and stapled onto a green creature. That, I, 
I don't know why. Yeah, I I, I understand this exists. is a mythic. I understand this is a mythic, but this is well. Here's what's really messed up, Chev, is that this card is obviously pushed. If you showed this to anyone, even mm-hmm. even three years ago, they'd be like, "Wow, this is ridiculous." Let alone if you showed this to yeah. someone, you know, it looks like years. fan art. It looks like someone just took all their favorite abilities from a bunch of things and threw them together on like one of those custom magic websites. Yeah. the The sad thing is, I don't think this thing is going to see play. You know really? what I mean? There's there is so much interaction in. I actually saw a fan art um on our Twitter earlier that was uh Elder Gargaroth, but then the text box was changed to choose one, get bounced by Teferi, get bounced by Brazen Borrower, or uh, get get countered by a uh, Absorb. And I was like, I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, it's just. The fact that it doesn't have haste and you have to wait to do any of this stuff, there's just so much interaction that I, it's it's unfortunate that such a, a clearly pushed card like this is getting done so dirty. But I think I think once again, like a lot of the cards that we've talked about, this is going to be super sweet in Commander. Because honestly, in Commander, oh. I feel like since you're playing you know, a four-person or a three-person game, the, the focus is not as much on you. And people are honestly kind of almost welcoming of this stuff they're like oh yeah like get in like one or two attacks with your gargaroth then all swords to plowshare it you know because there's there's other things going on um so i think this will be really cool in any sort of big green deck but in standard right now it's just it's kind of sad that this is i don't think it's going to do much no that being said i'm going to get beat down by it somehow but you know (laughs) it is what it is yeah i feel that um, yeah. Something else that I'm interested to see how how well it does is Chandra's Incinerator. It's a one red and five six six. Um, this spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total amount of non-combat damage dealt to your opponents this turn. Has Trample, and whenever a source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent, Chandra's Incinerator deals that much damage to target creature or planeswalker that player controls. I mean, one, that's a ton of text on a card. And I think alone it would be a powerful 6-6 with that uh, cost reduction ability. Because if we're thinking like mono red aggro, you drop a couple, you drop um, Stomp, Bone Crusher Giants, uh, deal two damage, and a Shock. And then you can be playing this guy for two mana. And you've cast, you can bring this out like turn two, turn three, probably not turn two. Um, but the, the chance of playing this super early is really there, especially in older formats where you have access to Lightning Bolt. Like, just, just imagine, you know, Rift Bolt, Lightning Bolt, and then this guy. And you're playing it for essentially one mana. And that's that's wild, because it's still a pretty powerful card. But then on top of that, it has text that reminds me of Banefire Dragon. Yeah, that's... You know, I was originally thinking, like, in Modern and Legacy, like you were saying, just, like, Lightning Bolt, Lightning Bolt, 6-6 six, six with Trample, plus Upside. But, mm-hmm. e- yeah, even in Standard, like you're saying, these Mono Red decks can deal so much damage so quickly that, like, yeah, this could come down turn 3, or, you know, easily, and just start wreaking havoc. And then, I do like that they... I like that they're, they've made a, uh, a point of putting a lot of checks on Planeswalkers in this set, which I think is one of the... Yeah. One of the things in standard that's a uh, really been causing a lot of issues, so I like that. But this is yeah, this is a whole other level of holy crap. Mm-hmm. Also, I love the art. I think the art is super cool. Oh, it's super cool, especially with the uh, Chandra treatment, the Chandra showcase with 
with the flames coming out of the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Chandra... The... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, speaking of Chandra, I wanted to briefly touch on the new Planeswalkers that have been printed. I'm not super impressed. Really? Yeah, I think they're I think they're fine. I think they're pretty um pretty cookie cutter, really. Um, you know, there's one there's a mythic planeswalker for each color. Um yep. we haven't seen the green one yet. Um Yeah, we have Garrick. Haven't we? Haven't we seen it or was that the planeswalker one? I thought that was the planeswalker deck one, but I, I might have just oh, it might have been spoiled later today and I just hadn't seen it yet. But No, I, I think you're right. That is the planeswalker one. Yeah, we're yeah. still waiting on Garrick. Hopefully he brings something interesting. Yeah, I, I'm looking you know, at... I, I see what you mean. I think it's just because core sets are, you know, they're they're an opening spot for new players to jump in. Um, I, I've never seen core Planeswalkers that really do much to push the, the needle forward, but I think maybe Wizards is taking a step back recently after War of the Spark where they really did push the needle in every single direction possible to create that number of Planeswalkers, and now they're kind of, you know, taking a step back, realizing fan feedback, and being like, okay, you know, maybe maybe we'll take it easy for a little bit give you the planeswalkers with the abilities you expect doing the things that you know they're expected to do with a pretty decent uh loyalty to mana cost that's not really anywhere ridiculous um i i'm, I'm not gonna probably be playing any of them i'm glad they exist though because they're gonna give the players who are opening the set and excited to open the cards something badass to play um but i think you're right that they're relatively you know medium power level like what what you'd expect out of a planeswalker but nothing that really scares you when you're looking down the barrel at it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a corset, so... But I, I, I did just want to say, sometimes sometimes we see uh, interesting things, but these, these Planeswalkers really are, are not doing it for me. Um, honestly, even the new Teferi... Let's let's talk about the elephant in the room for a second. Let's talk about new Teferi. Uh, this is... Yeah. If, if uh, y'all that are listening are not aware, this is supposedly a Teferi-focused set, just like uh, the last corset was... Chandra focus, so there's a lot of mm-hmm. things that reference Teferi, a lot of things that have Teferi on the art, um, but there's also a new blue Teferi Planeswalker, which for some reason they decided to give like 12 different arts. Yeah, it's it's so they have they have one for each season in the background, which is cool. Like, all right, you know, you have four basic Teferi arts with different backgrounds, but then they're like, of course, we need the showcase treatment. Okay. So now mm-hmm. we're up to eight. Then we have the borderless treatment. So that's nine. And then we have um, all these in foil, which makes it 18. So in this set, there are 18 different Teferis that exist. You know, granted, nine of them are foil, nine of them aren't. But right. yeah, it's, that's a lot of Teferi you could be opening. Yeah, plus, plus of course, there's the Teferis that are in the, uh, the Planeswalker decks. Um, the Planeswalker anyway, deck, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about this Teferi. Two and two blue... Three man or uh, three loyalty planeswalker. He has a static ability. You may activate loyalty abilities of Teferi Master Time on any player's turn anytime you could cast an instant. So that means that on my turn, um, I get to activate him once. The uh, the once every turn rule still applies. So I get to activate him once, and then on your turn, assuming we're playing a like standard a two player format, right. I get to activate activate him again, and I can also activate him activate him at instant speed. So. Um, his plus one is draw a card, discard a card. So I can right. activate that on my turn, see what I'm working with, and then pass to you. And at the end of your turn, I can loot again. Um, he also has minus three target creature you don't control phases out. Uh, which 
go ahead, I am go ahead. so surprised they're playing they're putting phasing into a core set. So like it's of not all the things to kind of throw in here, I'm just like I'm floored. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean it is a Teferi uh associated mechanic back in the day when they actually had phasing. It's not proper phasing, because proper phasing I believe it always phases in and out. Um so so the the reminder text on this is for target creature you don't control phases out, treat it and anything attached to it as though they don't exist until its control is next turn, which seems like a very uh, kind of colloquial way to say it. I, I didn't ever think that would ever be rules text, but that is how it is, so if there's... Uh... Right, well, remember, Julian, that this isn't this isn't giving a creature phasing, because phasing is the ability that means they phase out and phase in. Right. But because a creature with phasing, when it, you know, is in, it phases out. So phasing out is the ability that removes it and brings it back. But I, I think this is, you know, in line with what they've done before. Because if you remember Teferi's Protection from Commander, that also yeah. has the phases out text. It doesn't give your permanence phasing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yes, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, so this is interesting. I mean, it basically just takes something out of the equation. Um target creature you don't control so you can't use it to protect your things um mm -hmm. but you can remove a blocker you can remove something that's activating like a mayhem devil um or something yep and uh it just seems seems like it'll be very annoying since you can activate it at instant speed although it does minus three so oh, you can't yeah you, you'd have to i guess your line would be plus one on my turn, and then on your turn, minus three, down to one for Teferi. I do think that's nice. His, his loyalty is low enough, and his his abilities seem to be uh, balanced enough that it's not like he's going to have crazy amounts of loyalty like an Oko or something. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, how do you feel about this Planeswalker overall? I, I really don't know how don't to like rate it yet. I, 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 think, I think it has the ability, you know, it's granted the three Teferi, uh, the minus is to bounce it back to your hand. Um, I still think this is going to be as played uh, because it does take something out of the equation for an entire turn. And I don't remember the specifics of phasing, but does it come back with summoning sickness or not? Um, I don't know. I don't believe so. So, oh, okay. So it's, it's slightly, it's, it's kind of like a bounce that, you know, um, it's super it's weird. Come back regardless. It's super weird because it doesn't. It coming back. It still has, uh, you know, auras and equipment attached to it. Right. It doesn't trigger enter the battlefield abilities or anything like that. Um. I, I, and I think I think it technically, quote unquote, has haste. Doesn't have summoning sickness. However you want to put it. But it's yeah. just super weird. Okay. So so they decided to print a super weird mechanic that on half of the versions of Teferi. Um, don't have the reminder text, which like, so so any of the the uh, planeswalker treatments or the the Teferi treatment of the card, they don't have room for the reminder text. So I'm I'm just thinking of you know someone who's never played the game before opening this up and then wondering what in the hell phases out means. And then since it is such a complex mechanic, and then even the reminder text says treat it and anything attached as though they don't exist. Like, okay, but. That's that's a confusing thing. It's an interesting choice, and it's definitely going to be, I, I think, an annoyance in standard because of the ability to do it on any turn at instant speed. They can do it in response to something. They don't need to proactively bounce something. They can bounce it once, you know, it's coming for their throat. And and then the minus 10, like, 
if you ever got there. I don't think that's a huge concern, but I'm still kind of concerned if a Teferi can get to give someone two extra turns, especially in a color like blue. I think, uh, yeah, I don't think the ultimate is something that we're going to be worrying about, except for in Commander, mm -hmm. where now all of a sudden there's a full, if a full turn cycle is four or five people, that's four or five yeah. pluses that I get, because looting in Commander is great. You know what I mean? You're yep. just drawing cards, and plus there's so much use for the graveyard too that it's just like, I'll uptick on everyone's turn. Like, what do I care? Yeah. And then, God forbid you have any way to put additional counters on or have it enter with multiple counters. It doesn't it doesn't immediately ultimate if you have like doubling season or something like that, but it, it easily can, uh, you know, w once around the table. So yeah. it, it'll definitely, I think it'll definitely be much more of a threat in commander in standard. I, I agree with you. I don't know where it's going to line up yet, but I, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be annoying for sure. Something that's interesting to point out, um, just as kind of a, uh, a thing is if we look at Teferi's tutelage, which now, if you guys aren't aware, um, for each of the Planeswalkers, they're doing a cycle of cards from Common to Mythic, uh, be Mythic being the Planeswalker, that all get this special frame that is related to the Planeswalker in some way. And there's also basic lands that have the same theme as this sort of vertical cycle. So Teferi's Uncommon is Teferi's Tutelage. It's an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card, then discard. But then whenever you draw a card, target opponent mills two cards. And I'm not, I'm not paraphrasing there. The card is actually saying target opponent mills two cards. And then the uh, reminder text, they put two cards of their library into their graveyard. So, Julian, I think this means that we're finally seeing mills as a, a keyword. Yeah, it would appear so. Um, it, uh, I'm, I'm wondering how often they're going to incorporate this. And uh, I wonder if they'll, uh, you know, quote-unquote errata things, at least in Gather to this but it, it, i mean it's been it's been common in the magic players lexicon yeah. for so long that i feel like it's i was i was i forget where i was seeing this discussion but they were they were talking about um you know when is loot gonna be an official thing when is rummage just gonna be an official keyword because it just once you know that sort right, of thing they're so common that yeah once you know that sort of thing it's just it makes it so much cleaner for for the templating on the card and everything but then there's questions of, you know, obviously if you're new or you've never heard that referred to, it's not an intuitive thing. If I just say, it adds okay. adds a level of complexity, yeah. Yeah, it's like if I if I just say, okay, I'm going to loot, you're like, you're going to what now? You know, so. <laughs> yeah. So it'll yeah, be interesting, interesting to see what they because do. Because, like, it, for all of these things, you know, we the, the core sets were removed because they were seen as not relevant. And then core sets were brought back as a way to answer problems in standard and uh, be an entry point for new players with relatively like easier themes. The draft environment is supposed to be easier to solve. And then here we are seeing phasing coming back and mills being keyworded, which I, I'm, I'm happy that these things are happening because I love seeing you know new mechanics and interesting old ideas brought back in any sort of regard. But I'm just, I'm, I'm interested to see that they're happening in a core set. And, you know, granted, I'm not sure where else they could happen because they need to line up with the set's themes. And I don't think we're ever going to see a, a regular set that has phasing as a main mechanic again. Um, but for something that is kind of touted as the, the set where things are supposed to be easy, we're seeing things that are making it slightly harder to understand. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting, and I mean, they certainly haven't 
you know, oh, there's a lot of cards in here that are complex cards, powerful cards, but complex cards. Yeah. So I uh, like take take for example the new card, uh, Chromatic Orrery. It's seven generic, legendary artifact. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color. Cool, but it taps for five um, colorless, and then you can tap five and it to draw a card for each color among permanents you control. And you know, granted the temp the way templating works, this is a fine card. Uh, but I think a lot of people or new players are going to forget that when you um, tap it, that gives you five mana of any color, as opposed to five generic mana because of its initial ability at the top. And so, like, it's it's good for templating, but it is a confusing and powerful mechanic that's being introduced. Yeah, that card is sweet, though. That's going into Kozilek, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Any kind yeah. of big mana rock that I can tap for a ton of mana, it loses out on a ton of its benefit, um, because, of course, mana of any color, pointless, draw a card for each color, pointless. Well, so... It's really just... So you, I guess you don't, you don't get to, you don't get to draw. It, yeah, it's just, it's just like a really big gilded lotus, basically. It's a really big gilded lotus, but hey, Kozilek will take as many of those as he, as it, as it can. Yeah, I mean, you've got waste on tap in that deck, so you, you could generate <laughs> a lot of mana. I got a voltaic key or two. Yeah. Well, you've also got, you know, like a doubling cube in there, so that's, it can get real dirty real fast. All right, Chev. Well, I think I think I've hit everything I want to talk about today. I think uh, next week when we come back, we'll talk about more new cards. Uh, is is there anything you wanted to hit on the way out? No, I, I think that covers it. We've got a lot of cool reprints, especially for a commander coming in here. And I think it's like, um, you know, it, it's been a while since uh, Wizards has acknowledged that casual commander is probably the biggest format in Magic right now. And I'm I'm really glad to see them sort of capitalizing on that knowledge with giving us all the reprints we've talked about including lore scale codal and um oh what else is in there there's there's so many other things that are very or bane slayer angel like all these things that probably aren't going to see a ton of play in standard but they seem like hidden gems for the commander folk to get all of these powerful cards in four dollar booster packs which is not something that you really see so seeing all of this sort of um uh, reprints and cards focused at this giant audience is a fantastic thing to say see and it's almost making me interested in buying a uh, a box i don't know if, if this continues up the the way that it's been going i might i might do something i haven't done since uh battle for zendikar which was the wrong time to do it anyway yeah well i mean if you for a little history lesson for our friends the uh, the first box that you and i ever bought was actually core was it core 2015 the quote-unquote last no, I, core set, the one with uh, it could be. It was the one with the flip walkers. No, that was Origins, but yeah, yeah, it or, was, yeah, it, Origins, it Origins, the purpose of a core set, yeah. Origins, right? Yeah, right. this could be yeah. a way to bring it full circle. The quote-unquote, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly have a little bit more disposable income now than back then. But uh, uh, yeah, I think that uh, that covers it for me. All right, sweet. Well. That was fun. There's been a lot of cool cards, plenty that we have not even talked about. So hopefully we'll uh, talk about those and many more on the next installment of the Brew Crew podcast. See y'all later.